Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. People watch who gets promoted and who doesn't. And they have a view. And unless there's clarity and logic to why person X gets the job, if that doesn't exist, you have an issue. And people people start to consider leaving. And if then something else happens, they're probably like, okay, now I've got to get serious about it. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Ralph Specht. And Ralph is a very, very interesting individual. I love talking to him because his experience spans so many industries and what Ralph has been able to do with his career ultimately culminates in what we discuss today. We discuss the importance of shared purpose in the company, shared understanding in the company and shared behavior in the company. If you're wondering why we were discussing this, we're discussing this because in his new book, Building Corporate Soul, you get to understand how to really connect that head and the heart. In a time where the great resignation exists, it's highly imperative for leaders to be able to understand the fullness of the people that they're leading. That's how you drive culture, and that's how you make sure the success comes from the inside out as well as the outside in. Make sure you get his book. His book is out actually now. It came out yesterday as you listen to this podcast. Make sure you share it with your leaders, you share it with your teams, and you take on the frameworks that he presents in the book. A lot of the research is backed by data, so I'll be very curious to hear how you are aligning value-creating employee behaviors with corporate strategy through understanding and shared purpose. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Ralph Specht, and he is a visionary business leader, highly sought-after speaker, and creator of the Soul System, a framework that aligns value-creating employee action with broader corporate strategy through shared understanding and shared purpose. Previously, he consulted with global companies and brands for more than two decades with McCann Erickson. Very, very excited to welcome you to the show. Welcome, Ralph. Hey, it's my pleasure to be on your show. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So in the pre-recording, we, we discussed that you are calling from Germany, but I, I want to uh, peel back the layers and go back to early young Ralph and what you thought your career would be like when you first started. I mean, like your formative years, let's say teenage years. What, what were you thinking about when you saw the world uh, through your teenage eyes? Well, when I was a teenager, I wanted to become a journalist. Mm. All right. And so um, there's multiple ways to become a journalist. Um, 
it helps if you start just writing. So I did some freelance writing as, as many young people do. <clears throat> and um, from that, uh, got into that space um, and had the luxury actually um, to uh, be uh, involved in some major national magazine um, work in with, with some great publishing houses. Um, and when I spent time there, I actually figured out it's not necessarily what I want to do. So it was good to, to have that chance and, and to see that life and uh, actually take a different route. And yeah. at the same same time, I uh, had a lot of uh, touch points with marketing folks at the same time <clears throat> at the same time. And that was something that I thought uh, actually were offered. And many people would look at me like, are you sure a more honest view of the world? And yes. so uh, I ended up with McKenna Erickson and their motto was truth well told. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I like asking these questions because I, I believe that our identity evolves and life is a lot about who you are and figuring out who you want to be. And that journey essentially takes us through many peaks and valleys. And along the way, we usually develop a vision. Now your driving vision is to make a soulless uh, or soulless companies rather thin of the past. And so it's interesting in navigating through that because as a fellow writer, I'm a as a teenager as well. It appears that you have vision <laughs> to see how things uh, appear and then to translate that for audiences in different parts of, of, of the world, whatever the problem is. Now, it might not have been journalism, but you did it with your career as an architect and, and now an author. And so those translatable skills often still go with us if we really look at them throughout our lives. So I was looking for that. Yeah, yeah I think the, um, that, that purpose of the driving uh, vision to make those companies a thing of the past is something that I realized uh, was actually something that was missing in this world. Um, because when I started to write the book, Building, Building Corporate Soul, um, it was somewhat an obvious topic and an obvious theme for me. So the first thing you do, obviously, is to check out whether other people had the same idea before. And I was surprised that there wasn't that much about that topic um, available. And so I checked it with a lot of uh, friends and, and, and previous colleagues and said, so am I crazy or is this a good idea? And everybody said, well, this, this is the idea, you got to do it. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> I did it. Um, and the idea of um, focusing on, on, on corporate soul came from a very special episode in my life. When I stepped down as uh, CEO of Spark 44, which was a surprise to everyone except uh, including myself, um, the um, feedback I got from so many peers of mine <clears throat> was so strong and so warm and so heartfelt that I thought this is just too important as a lesson in life uh, to just stay on my iPhone and um, reside on the hard drive of my computer. Mm. And so I thought there's a lesson in here. And the lesson is that <clears throat> we just didn't build a company with, as you, as you mentioned, 1,200 uh, people and, and uh, quite a lot of revenue. Um, we actually built a company with soul. And um, whenever I talked to people 
during my time at Spark 44, they were within the company and talked to them about the culture that we had been able to create. Uh, they were always looking at me and say, how, are you, how, how have you done this? Or how are you doing this? Because this is something we would like to do to have as well. And um, for us, um, in the making, it was the way we wanted it to do to do it. Um, uh, for people outside the company, it was something they looked at with uh, wide open eyes and uh, uh, big ears to to understand uh, what made it possible. And uh, actually, I think it's something that uh, every company can do um, if the leaders of the company are committed to do it. And so, corporate soul. Uh, is a means to an end. It's a means to uh, ultimate performance of a, of a company because it gives the company the most committed workforce uh, that you can have. And that is a value on its own. Well, I thank you for sharing that. Well, let's dive into that then. I, I love frameworks as we discussed earlier. What is the soul system? What exactly is the architecture landscape, if you will, of the soul system. What do we need to have at first? And what's the background? What's the base? And then how can companies implement that? Well, so the soul system has got three layers, right? So the first uh, layer, the centerpiece, uh, is purpose. Um, and purpose obviously has been the topic over the past 10, 50 years. And um, what I've seen very often is that uh, everybody talks about purpose, but very often purpose is just being used as a, as a theme, but not as a guiding principle for uh, every action a company takes. And very often, uh, many people in the company are not aware of the company's purpose. So it remains on a wonderful PowerPoint slide, or it's a, it remains on a uh, the backdrop of the reception area um, uh, of the company's headquarters. So the centerpiece of the soul system is what I call the shared purpose. So shared is the magic word here. And shared means two things. A, the process of sharing, so making sure everybody is aware of it. Um, and, and as well, it means shared in the sense of uh, everybody believes in it and everybody buys into, into it. So that's the centerpiece. And around that, <clears throat> the next layer in the soul system is what I call the shared understanding. So as you see the word shared, uh, becomes a pattern here. And in this layer of shared understanding, I'm looking at the strategy, the strategic uh, elements. So vision, mission, values, and spirit. And the third layer is actually the one that is the make it or break it uh, layer. Uh, it's what I call the shared behaviors. Again, it's shared. And the shared behaviors in a company basically define the culture of the company because you could write as much great stuff in your value statement or in your vision statement or in your purpose statement. If it doesn't become real life every day, it doesn't exist, it's just theory. So the shared behaviors are actually the most critical uh, element. So you've got to get the strategic basics right, the purpose, the vision, the mission, uh, the values, the spirit, and then the behaviors uh, are actually the, the key thing for the company to make sure that, as you, you Americans always say, 
uh, you walk the talk. <laughs> so, so it's purpose shared, purpose shared, understanding shared behaviors. It sounds like. Right. I, 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 I love, I love how you're breaking them down because obviously you have to know why you're doing what you're doing, you know, with, with the purpose and then you have to have an understanding of it. And, and that often leads to a lot of, you know, misdirection or disconnect, especially when, when you, there isn't a shared understanding of what's happening or we translate it completely different. And then you factor in multiple lived experiences in different types of uh, uh, cultures and then it might not be the same, but that behavior part, especially given the last two years we've had, is something I'm, I'm, I'm increasingly fascinated by. You know, well, there's an intersection with the work we do and we are obviously at the dawn, I think, of what we call the great resignation here, at least in the United States, I don't know if it's translated in Europe, but in the United States, a lot of people are resigning, you know, at a record rate. Yeah, this has been happening since the spring of this year and for multiple reasons. Some of them have found <clears throat> different purposes. Some of them have found that they don't have the same understanding with the company. They don't feel valued. And, you know, uh, some of them have found that they, they want more behavioral change. I want to have flexibility here. I want to have all these things around here. And so... You with your, your again, your journalistic lens this time, going back to your early days, why do you think that the behaviors we're seeing today is, is leading towards people seeking more autonomy from their quote-unquote employers? There is a recent study from McKinsey, um, just a few, few weeks young, actually, um, and there's one chart in that presentation that says employers do not fully understand why employees are leading. And I think that's the, at the heart of it. And when you look at the uh, <clears throat> results of the analysis of that uh, study, and you look at what is most important to employees and what um, uh, is most important, what employers think is most important, why they are leaving, you see this discrepancy. So employees leave because they are not valued enough by their managers they're not mm. they don't feel a sense of belonging they not feel that they don't feel valued by the organization um, these are the, the, the top three reasons why why people say they're leaving then there's others like work work-life balance and having the caring and trusting um, teammates and, and all of that but when you look at what employers think they think, oh, there's probably not enough development opportunities here. Um, there's not, not the greatest ability to work remotely, or they're being just simply poached by another company, or they're just looking for a better job or for inadequate um, compensation. And so you see none of the things that the employees mention um, connects with the things the employers are mentioning. So the disconnect is, as to our pre-conversation, uh, a gap in communication, right? And so when you think about the top reasons why the employees are saying bye-bye, um, being valued by the manager, being valued by the organization, feeling a sense of belonging, when you really look at these um, and and think twice what that means, you get to a very strange answer because if you put yourself in the shoes of a CEO of a company and you have to deal with the resources you have and all the constraints you have, actually 
the one thing that um, doesn't create the next level of cost that you have to put into your um, PL is to gain a sense of commitment from your people. And we all yeah. know once people are committed, they go the extra mile, the work gets better, the atmosphere gets better, the clients are happier. I mean, there's only, only positive uh, uh, effects. And yeah. so um, that, I think, is the big wake-up call for many organizations that they have to really start listening to what their people are saying. That's part of the whole system in terms of the, of, of the behaviors. So I'm looking yeah. at all these elements. Yes, compensation is also a part, but compensation <clears throat> not in the sense that it replaces the reason why you're here. It's just yeah. an element of, the, of, of what you're doing and how you're doing it uh, inside the organization, like recruiting. Are you recruiting the right people? And uh, how good are you at that? And nobody's perfect, as we all know. And uh, when you're promoting uh, people inside the organization, that's usually, I mean, we have this point in the study from McKinsey about value by an organization. People watch who gets promoted and who doesn't. And they have a view. And unless there's clarity and logic to why person X gets the job, if that doesn't exist, you have an issue and yeah. people people start to consider leaving and if then something else happens, they're probably like, okay, now I've got to get serious about it. Yeah. Now that's absolutely brilliant. And, and this goes to what you say. You say that there's key evidence that proves that great culture drives success. Yes. And it sounds like from what you're saying, a lot of leaders don't have great culture. In fact, this is what I'll say. I, I said this to many people. I was on a, I was doing something with Slack, uh, the company, and we, they were asking this, why do, why do you think there's a dis big disconnect? And, and I said that I don't think a lot of employees realize that some people were staying or actually a lot of people were staying at the company because they needed the money and you need to provide. It wasn't because of whatever the mission statement is. I don't even know if a lot of people uh, align with the mission statement, but what we saw here, at least in America, was many people live paycheck to paycheck. And so it became a means of survival. And then once people found a sense of ownership, whether it's with entrepreneurship spirit or the family around and realizing they have more time, they realized they, you know, it, the, the company value was not strong enough to keep them. In, and so it was easy for them to, to leave. So many employers in the past have felt that sense of power where they're like, I'm paying you bills. I mean, where are you going to go? <laughs> and so I, I think that point about culture is so key because maybe in the past we've a lot of leaders have, have dropped the ball on that thinking I provide you with income. What else do you need? And they forget that the, it's actually great culture to drive success. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of Things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culture. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Really competent leader. It's called UID Collective, and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses. It's a mix of resources, things you can download. And all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out. Use it with your friends. Use it with your family. Use it with yourself. Okay? The link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective. And it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the um, evidence when, when I start researching for, for the book, you, you find that in many studies. So there's been a great study from EY, what they call the business case of purpose. And they basically say, well, an organization with, with shared purpose will have employee satisfaction and 89% of the leaders believe that. So mm-hmm. it's not a question of do people believe it or not in terms of the leadership. The question is, are they doing something um, about it? Because then you look at what the employees say and the, the same study um, there's a question which is about does our organization's strategy is or is our organization's strategy reflective of our sense of purpose? And they say, and only 50% say yes. <laughs> so you get 80, 89% of the leaders who say, well, yeah, it's absolutely that's the right thing. It, it drives yeah. um, satisfaction yeah. and everything else. And the employees say, well, but only 50% believe we're doing that. So <clears throat> the, it's, a, it's a big, big. Uh, issue. And I was talking to someone yesterday um, who, who was running a workshop with, a, with a, uh, the leadership of a company who basically said to him in that, in that workshop, uh, well, we got an issue because we feel the empowerment level with our employees is, is far too low. And then he looked at them and said, listen, but you are the leadership of the company. So if they don't feel empowered, the problem is in this room. <laughs> and it's a tough uh, gig, you know, but uh, yes. nobody said it's easy. Yeah, it, it's a tough gig, but companies have been successful. You, you, you outlined in the book where you say, I believe you, you said Airbnb, Hilton Hotels, and Ikea were three of the companies that you felt have done a good job with that. Could you share specific examples as to how they did it? Well, I mean, Airbnb is an interesting uh, case. If you look at Airbnb last year, um, what a year, right? I mean, um, <laughs> COVID comes, they have to uh, lay off 25% of, uh, of their people at the end of the year. Uh, they do. They finally do their IPO. And um, there's one piece in, in, from, uh, uh, from Airbnb that I think is actually um, something that will get into the management literature um, big time. And that is the uh, 
email that uh, Brian Chesky sent to uh, all staff about the COVID-19 layoffs. And uh, it's in the book. Uh, so it's a full full email, which in the book is like six pages or so. Um, yeah. And when you read that email, um, you can't think of anything else but um, the, the level of empathy and understanding um, about what that decision means for everybody who's affected and the goodwill and the support that everybody gets in a situation where a lot of people have to just simply lose their jobs. And, mm. and uh, I have to say, I've never, never read any email of that kind uh, before. I think it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece, um, but not just because of the writing, because the writing is only a, a result of the culture of the company and the approach it takes to deal with situations that are just not pleasant at all. It's very straightforward. It's very clear. Um, it it uh, provides an unprecedented level of uh, support for those who have to leave. Uh, and it's just great. And uh, in a very difficult time. And Hilton is a great example. Um, because Hilton, as we all know, uh, has been around for more than 100 years and uh, it's had really great years and uh, Conrad Hilton has been one of the icons of the 20th century. And uh, it all, <laughs> to a degree, fell apart or fell broke, uh, broke in, uh, in, and I think the, 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 the deepest point was in the early 2000s, 2005, 6, um, until um, they had a new investor and, and brought new management in with Chris and Setter. And I think what he has done is really remarkable, and not him alone, but obviously he led the course. Yeah, wow. That, that, that has been um, top league of uh, making sure that employees of the company and it's a service business so uh, your customer experience is driven by the employees more than anything else and uh, he's brought them back um, into such a great shape it's, it's unbelievable and there's many many examples in the book about it yeah and well i'm going to make sure we put the link to the to the book in the show notes and um you know as, as i'm pausing here i, I think it's it, it's it's great to see what you're saying because as you were talking, I did a quick Google search to see how many people were laid off. It was maybe it was 1,900 or something, 1,900 yeah. or something around that. Close yeah, to that. 25%. Yeah, and I saw an excerpt of the email, and you know, I was just trying to see what the headlines would say. Empathetic, you know, all these things, and even people that were laid off were responding to that in a way where they understood. And I think that's always tough as someone who's been fired twice. I, I could tell you I didn't have any of that <laughs> happening. It was a very, uh, uh, hey, you're done. Take a laptop. Don't make a scene. That was the first time I got fired. And I was like, okay, this is like in the movies. But um, it, it, it's, it, it's so fascinating seeing what can happen when you humanize experience. And I think that's the, the part that many people forget. You know, we're dealing with people here. You know? We're dealing with people. And um uh, I got an email yesterday from someone who saw my profile on LinkedIn and uh, wrote to me, hey, um, check us out because we're all heart and soul. 
And so I checked him out and, uh, uh, and wrote back to him and said, you know, uh, it's great if you're the, uh, the CEO of that company and the start, it's a startup, um, congratulations and, and for you to recognize that it, this is crit critical. However, um, the only people that can judge whether you got sold are your employees. That's 100% correct. Yeah. yeah. Management can, can hope and aspire to and all of that. But if your people don't see that happening, you've got a culture, of course. Um, but soul is something different than just having a culture. Yeah. It's, ha it's having a culture in which uh, everybody feels a sense of belonging and feels that commitment yeah. and, um, to deliver. And you're actually delivering for yourself as well as you're doing for your company so um it's a it's a higher order it is it is it, high order one of my one of my high orders is uh diversity and inclusion which is basically my baby hey, you say that it has to be organic what do you mean well um when we were starting uh spark 44 we were um starting a global advertising agency that had to be global. And um, when you're starting that, and we started in four locations um, to, to basically support all global outlets, um, you have to find a way to bring together cultures from the East and the West and the North and the South mm. Um, developed countries, underdeveloped uh, uh, countries, Europeans, Americans, Asians, um, Australians, Africans, um, and they all have to find a way to um, come together and uh, go above and beyond. And uh, I think that's what we've been able to do. And uh, part of doing that was um, by design, uh, get it, get an organization going that uh, in its infancy, when it was small, uh, turned a constraint into an opportunity, um, which was that we obviously couldn't hire um, extreme experts in every area of, of the business uh, in any location. So we had to have complementary skills in, in, in different parts of the world, mm. which led to the fact that uh, different cultures had to work together just to get to a result. And that did an extreme uh, push to uh, collaboration. And so diversity from the get-go was seen as a, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a plus, not as a constraining factor or, or anything else. Yeah. And so, um, and I remember we, we got asked this was year two or three um, uh, by a journalist about our um, share of uh, male-female across the organization. And it was a, a question that I didn't have an answer for. So I said, I, I, I'm coming back to you. I've got to check with our HR people. I just don't know it. Yeah. And I'm, my gut feel was like, must be close to 50-50, but I don't know. And uh, I think the, the answer was uh, 50.2 to 49.8. And I said, that's close enough to 50-50. It doesn't get, get, get much better. And in the, in the leadership, we also had 
um, in terms of the office leads, uh, 50% uh, female, 50% male. And uh, the one, one thing in there that I've put into the book, which uh, I think uh, is, is something that is just, uh, uh, well, it speaks for itself. It's, a, it's an example, there's a quote from one of our guys, uh, Britain, Jonathan Jackson, who was our director of production uh, out in New York. And uh, he gave an interview in that age on, uh, on diversity. And uh, he talked about um, uh, the diversity elements. And uh, uh, the answer he gave was, when I came into the office for my interview, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the office was the most diverse I had seen in my 15 plus years in advertising. Sabina, who was the person that hired her, herself as an Indian American, the managing director at the time, Tony Hopley was black, in addition to the other people of color that I saw in different roles throughout this mid-sized agency. I knew this, this was where I wanted to work immediately. By seeing people of color in high-level positions, I knew that there existed the possibility of a level playing field for growth, something that is rare in this industry. And I was able to go from a senior print producer to team leader and now the director of production. And I think that uh, tells a very compelling uh, truth of, of uh, what we did and how we did it. And that's pretty much true for every office that we were operating. Yeah. Huh. It's fair enough. Fair enough. I, I do agree that, uh, you know, when you put that system in place, it does become more organic. Uh, I think sometimes if you treat it like uh, just a numbers game, you start to lose the humanity of, of who you are actually trying to reach out to when you're recruiting. Yeah. I see it yeah. all the time. And obviously, as I just mentioned, in terms of the the, the judging panel, if you like, yeah, uh, for for corporate soul, that, that that's your employees. If your employees, yeah, do thumbs down, you got an issue. And obviously, one of the um, sources to get an understanding of how employees feel about it is Glassdoor, and you get Glassdoor's. Uh, what they call the big nine, uh, which are the big nine criteria, big nine values that they're looking at. And obviously diversity is one of them. And um, those help to uh, to focus. And uh, there's, there's a lot of truth in there. And uh, part of the book is also the Soul Index, um, which is a performance in index of uh, companies um, that have both a strong business performance uh, so they're actually doing well in the marketplace, but also have a very strong rating in terms of um, what the employees say about the satisfaction at the working level, the engagement at the working uh, work level, and the recognition um, of the CEO and his yeah. acceptance. Uh, his acceptance. And if you look at those, <clears throat> um, the tech companies are strong. Uh, so Adobe leads, uh, number two is Salesforce, number three is Microsoft, Ikea, as we mentioned, is 15, Hilton is 10. Um, uh, and so uh, I was really curious to see how these companies uh, perform. And so what we did was uh, a, a performance check and, and checking uh, out how they were doing on the stock market. And, uh, the really interesting thing is the companies of the solar index of the top 20 um, have a better performance than NASDAQ over five years when you compare 2016 to 2020 is what the time uh, 
actually finished. Um, solar index is 199%, plastic is 180, and, and the big ones, S&P and Dow Jones, are 83 and 75. So yeah. um, there is uh, a lot of merit, um, and it's not just soft skill merit, it's hard figures merit, actually. So companies with soul um, drive success, soul drives success, and... Um, when I did my mission statement, I said it's to make the leadership behaviors which build soul synonymous with the behaviors which build success. Yeah, no. Because that's... very often we don't feel that's the same um, language, but it is, it is. And Not enough. Huh. Uh, well, um, we're getting ready to close. I could talk to you all day, but I, I do want people to really get the book. And I think you've really given uh, enough of, of the lay of the land because my favorite books are the ones with, frameworks, right? Because they, they provide information and then action points. And you have your soul system, which is trademarked. Everyone, all you entrepreneurs listening, make sure you trademark your ideas. Uh, um, you have the soul index and you also have a bunch of case studies there. So where can people find your book? Well, you can find the book obviously everywhere where you can find good books. Um, so um, any, any book retailer, um, you can buy it online, you can buy it um, as of February 22, um, also in retail stores. Now you can pre-order, obviously. There'll also be an audiobook. Um, and obviously there's the website, buildingcorporatesoul.com, which gives a sneak preview. You can sign on to my newsletter and get a free, get a, a free uh, chapter for, for pre-read, actually. And uh, follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. All right. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. My last question is my mission statement reframed as a question. And my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So how do you, Ralph, use your difference to make a difference? Well, I'm trying to, uh, to make a difference in making uh, service companies a thing of the past because I've seen it, uh, how it can make a difference. Yeah. Um, and I've seen too many who have struggled to make that difference. And uh, I'm not saying it's easy, uh, but actually... The result is so rich that uh, I can only encourage everybody to, to do it. Well, there you have it. Ralph, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure and I, and I appreciate the vulnerability and honesty and, and how you, you've uh, taken us through this process. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for this book, actually. So looking forward to it. Thank you, Terry. Pleasure is mine. Kings, queens, and royalty. Till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.